Hey everybody, this is Liam Douglas with the Liam Photography Podcast. And before we get into episode 205, my interview with Levi Sim, I wanted to take a moment and wish all of my listeners a happy Thanksgiving. Today is Thursday, November 25th, 2021, and that means it's Thanksgiving of 2021. And a lot of people travel for Thanksgiving, and a lot of people eat too much and drink too much and fall asleep in a chair or on the couch watching football or what have you. But I just wanted to wish everybody a happy Turkey Day and to ask you to be safe out there, especially when you're driving. Don't drink and drive. Spend quality time with your family, friends, loved ones, and have a wonderful holiday. All right, and now on to episode 205. This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 205. So a lot of my listeners are photography students, as I've talked about numerous times on the show, and I've had quite a few of them reach out to me because they're still in school, they're still working on their certificate or diploma, or maybe they're going for an actual degree in photography, and they ask me all the time, hey, I want to get into portrait photography but right now, I can't afford all the expensive lights and modifiers and all of that stuff that I keep seeing and hearing that I've got to have to be successful in portrait photography. So I wanted to bring a gentleman onto the show for this episode to talk about this subject. Now, this gentleman is not only a professional portrait photographer, he does commercial photography, uh, and outdoor photography, certain types of it. And he also has a really cool project we're going to talk about today on the show. So I wanted to get him on here to talk about how to get started in portrait photography without having to spend thousands or tens of thousands of dollars on all the fancy lights and various modifiers and all of this. And this gentleman is absolutely the person to talk to about this. And his name is Levi Sim. And I'm going to bring him on with us right now so that we can talk about this subject. Hey, Levi, how's it going? Welcome to the show. It's good. Thanks for having me, Liam. All right. So uh, as I was saying, Levi, I wanted to have you on this week because I get so many student photographers that hit me up about how to get started in portrait photography when they don't have tons of money. And I thought you were a perfect person to talk about this. So to start off, could you give my listeners a little bit about your background in photography, how you got started and, and what you're currently doing now? Oh, sure. Um, you know, in, in high school, I loved photography. This was the the late nineties and I, we were shooting film in high school and I spent all my extra time and, and, uh, all my classmates, extra film in the dark room. I, I'd borrow paper and, and negatives from everybody else and, uh, just make as many pictures as I possibly could. Um, and I don't think any of them were good, <laughs> not even, not even close. And I don't know why it, it never struck me to photograph a person at that time either. Um, but, but I loved it. And, and then, then my brother came home from school 
and his roommate was a photography major. And he goes, Levi, there are no jobs in photography. And so for some reason I believed, well, it's because he's my older brother. So I believed him. And, uh, yeah, I, I didn't make any pictures after that for 12 years. And I studied geology and education and Chinese in school oh, wow. and, uh, had a, had a lot of adventures. And then about 12 years later, the same brother says, Hey, you know, dad's making some, some money shooting portraits. Surely you could. <laughs> so I, I bought a camera and quit my job a year later. And, um, I've been a full-time photographer since 2010 and uh, I love it. So yeah. far, so good. And it, it turns out there are not a lot of jobs in photography, but it also turns out you don't need a job to be a photographer. And I've, I've done both. And now I work at Utah State University with a job in photography. And uh, I love it. It's, it's everything I could want in a job. I get to photograph literally everything. I get to travel and I get to work with remarkable people. So that's absolutely awesome. Yeah. That's the other big thing I hear from students all the time is is that, you know, they're scared because they're like, well, there's aren't, there aren't really any staff jobs anymore. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course the industry's changed radically since I was younger. Um, so there are very few staff positions available anymore in the world, but you don't need to have a staff position in order to be successful as a photographer. It's true, but it's also it's also true that a lot of creative people are not great business people, are not great at doing the books. And so I have a, a great recommendation for your students. Oh, go for it. Drop, drop out of photography school and study accounting. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then go be a photographer and and, and know how to do your books. And um this, I mean, this is something that I don't know. I hire an accountant and and you should just plan to hire people to help you do the things you can't do well. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, I, I'm not very good at doing even that thing. I've hired several people who have not turned out to be the right people to hire. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> could be a sticky situation. Yeah. But find a, find a, uh, an accountant who works with small businesses, especially photographers and get them to also do your book. So be a bookkeeper and an accountant for you. And, pay them what it costs and make enough to pay them. And, and, and they'll help you understand whether or not you are making enough to pay them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's, uh, but, uh, but find people to help you do the things you, you don't naturally do well. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have Skip Cohen on a couple of weeks ago, because he talks about, you know, how to, how to make your business successful. That's part of his forte. And I do tell students that all the time. I'm like, look, you need to have somebody to do your bookkeeping and accounting once you get started, because as you said, most photographers are lousy at business because they're creative people. I'm lucky enough that many moons ago when I got my first IT degree, it was actually a dual major. It was a, a business degree in a, with a major in accounting. And See, also that's what I'm talking science. about. Yeah. So I did computer <laughs> science and accounting at the same time. <laughs> right. Right. And well, and so the problem for you is that you're tempted to make your own web page. Don't even make your own web page. This is not your business. <laughs> your business is making pictures. Yeah. And you should let people who do their business as well as you do, like as well as you make pictures, you should find somebody else who does their job that well and let them do it for you. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's why I do recommend to students, you know, hey, look into getting your website on Squarespace or somebody like that that makes it really easy and painless for you or hire uh, a web designer or get somebody in your family that specializes in that to help you out with it. Yeah. And like I use, I use my, um, my Adobe portfolio is free. It comes with your Adobe, uh, subscription Absolutely. through Behance. Yep. And so that is not a bad site and it probably does everything you need it to like, mo like when you're, when you're a big time commercial photographer, you should have a big time commercial website for the rest of us are who are, who are doing mostly word of mouth business, which is going to be most of you listening to this. If, if you're becoming a photographer, word of mouth business is where it is at. And you, you probably use your Instagram and your Facebook for most of your business interactions. And so you don't need a fancy website. No, nobody cares about your website. It should have your good pictures on it and your phone number. And that's, that's kind of, I, I bet Skip said something similar. Um, and whatever Skip said, do that. Yeah. But, uh, uh, like getting, getting together with people and talking with people is how you are going to make a living in this business. And if you can't do that, then hire someone who can hire someone who can talk to people for you and talk about how great you are at making pictures. Um, yeah, because a lot of the industry is networking. It's getting out there. It's getting your face that's known, all, your that's name. All known. it is. Yeah, yep, exactly. So Absolutely. Let's, I've had, let's talk I've had about Facebook ads and I've had magazines. Yep. Oh yeah. Sorry. Uh, let's go Sorry. ahead and talk about that because that was one of the things I wanted my listeners to hear is how you started out because you started out in a really great way where you were combining doing portrait photography and networking at the same time. Absolutely. Um, portrait photography is where the easy money is. It's, and, and I'd say it's not in weddings. I'd say it's in making pictures for average people. It's making family pictures and, and even baby pictures and, and senior pictures and headshots for the dentist. I mean, there's a million little businesses around you who all need a good, a good portrait, whether it's in action or just a head, like a facing the camera type of headshot. And I'm not saying just a headshot. I think a headshot is the most valuable picture most people get. And it's not just anything. It is it is an important picture. And so, um, so there's all these people who need portraits for various things. And, um, the way that they hire them is by word of mouth. Just like you, you, you go to your dentist because I'm talking about the dentist today because I went to the dentist today. And, uh, <laughs> and so it's at the top of my mind and I, I go to the dentist that, that my friend recommended. Actually, I go, I go to the dentist who is the daughter of one of my clients because I know them and, and, and dentists, unless they do a bad job, they all do a good job. And so it's not, it's not a big deal about which dentist I go to. I'm going to get a, a quality dentist and, and my, my customer service experience may, may differ a little bit, but for the most part, I go to that person because they do a good job and because I know them and I'm not going to go dentist shop. I'm not going to go find another one and see if, if I like it, that's just not how people do it. And it's because it's so much easier just to work with somebody, you know, and so you just need to know people and, and you need to give people an opportunity to know you. And so I, like one of the very first things I did within a month of, of owning my first DSLR, um, was I, I got a booth at the farmer's market. It cost me 20 bucks. And 
I, I think if I went to the same market now, it'd be over a hundred, but uh, yeah, really? it cost me 20 bucks to have a 10 by 10 foot square of grass. And I, I borrowed a pop-up shelter from my brother's father-in-law. It's got a white top on it, put some shade over the grass. And I laid a, uh, a reflector on the ground, a, a five in one reflector. Don't get the circle ones, get the ovals. And I got this oval reflector. It cost me $23 and 75 cents on Amazon. Um, with inflation, they're like $35 now. <laughs> and I laid the white side on the grass and I had a, a large, like this, this, this white tent is now a big diffuser letting sunshine through. And I, and I put a, uh, a black foam core behind people. And yeah, I just had this, this black foam core in there reflector on the grass. And I said, come on in, let me make a picture for you. And it's, it's free. There's, there's no, there's no cost. I'd like to practice my photography and get to know people. And this is the, this is the fact I'm not, I'm not schmoozing people. I'm not trying to, to sell them anything. I am just there to meet people and, um, and practice my skills. Like you, the, the key to making good portraits is making more portraits and you need to seek out all the opportunities you can to photograph people. And so on this day, I probably photographed 50 or 60 people. Um, they'd wheel their kids in, in the stroller and I'd make a picture of them and give them my, my Facebook gallery. And, and I just put all the pictures on there and people could go there and download them. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and so I got the experience of photographing 50 people that day. And you, I mean, you, Liam, having, having done this at Kmart, right. Having, having uh, traveled and made pictures en masse for so many people, you got this experience as well. Um, and so I'm sure, I'm sure you agree that just having the experience of having people in front of you and learning how to talk to them, learning, learning how to position their nose. So it looks good with the light and learning which side of their face to push toward the camera, all these little tiny things that you just pick up over time, you pick up so much faster if you just do it more. Exactly. Repetition. And so doing this at the, at the farmer's market was, was just the key. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it was just the key to getting, getting started. And so I seek out similar opportunities later on. I, um, I got a, a booth at the, like the garden show in the springtime. Like they, they've got this in every town. Somebody puts it on where there's a bunch of booths and, and all the, all the vendors are there. Like the, the builders are there and like the florists and the designers. And, and maybe it's a, maybe it's a bridal fair even, but um, I set up a booth in there and pretty much the same thing. I had a pop-up shelter, pop-up tent. And I hung because I'm not now in the sunlight. It was like in the gym at the university. So I, I put a light inside the, the pop-up shelter up in the rafters of the thing. And it wasn't fancy. It was just four light bulbs, in a soft box and you can fake this by just putting some, um, like, like, you know, those little, those little incubator lights, yep. they cost like $4 at home Depot yeah. that you hang over the chicken coop with a light bulb in it. Well, just, just put a, put an led light in that and put four of them side by side. And they've, they come with a clamp. You can clamp them up in the rafters right there, put four or six or eight of those right next to each other. And then put a piece of tissue paper over it, just a white piece of tissue paper, or shine them through your your twenty three dollar five in one reflector, shine them through the diffuser, 
And now you've got a large soft light. It's shining down overhead, much like a, like a key light in, in beauty work, like a, like a beauty dish. Um, and you can't go wrong. You just put people in front of it, put them on a dark backdrop. So it's kind of dramatic looking and invite them in for a picture. And, and you don't have to, you can, you can have props or something and make a funny picture, but I, I think it's a better experience if you give people the opportunity to be directed by you and you just tell people to lean forward, push your forehead towards you and uh, look at them like a movie star or look at me like your, your favorite character, whatever. One of my favorite pictures from that day, this girl walked in and, and I said, can I make a picture with you? And she said, do I have to smile? And I say, I hope you don't. And, and she, she just gives me this, this soulful look into the camera. And I, I love that one. And, and I did them all in black and white. And I, I had my camera plugged into a TV screen right there in the booth. And so not maybe, I think maybe I ran. Yeah, I think I did run. I, I ran it through Lightroom through a laptop. Um, in fact, I went and bought a MacBook just for this thing and, uh, and ended up tethering into the laptop and having the picture show up on the TV screen because when you do auto import through Lightroom, you can apply a preset. So I applied a black and white preset. And so their picture popped up on the TV screen in this dramatic looking black and white. And it just looks awesome right there. And even if they don't like the picture of themselves, everybody standing nearby, their friends and their family and, and whoever else in the picture, they'll go, whoa, so cool. And so that instant reaction from everybody else makes you feel good about your picture. Um, and I, I photographed like, I think 1200 people, eight, eight or 1200 people that weekend. And it was a ton of fun. And again, I just, I put them on my, on my smug mug and gave everybody the link right now. I would print out a QR code to that gallery and just have it right there. And people can scan it and go get their picture. It's not, it's not about making money off this weekend because I made a ton of money off that weekend just because now people knew me, they'd had a good experience with me. And so I'm their photographer. They've got my contact right there in their in the website where their pictures are. And, and I can even put a, a watermark on every one of those in the corner of their picture. Um, something totally unobtrusive, but it reminds them where they got it. And when they need a picture, I'm their guy. It's, it's just a simple formula. No people make pictures for them. Absolutely. <laughs> and that, you know, the $20 or whatever you spent to rent the booth and that paid off because you made so much business down the road after you did those those initial sample images and you did the networking with the people. And it's funny when you were telling about the girl that didn't want to smile. I tell people that all the time. I'm not big anymore into doing portrait photography. That's not my bread and butter as it is with a lot of photographers. Um, but when I did it, I would tell people that they'd be like, do I have to smile? I don't really like my smile. And I'd be like, you know what? I don't like my smile either. So if you don't want to, that's totally cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've got a lot of directions for you. And, and I tell people, I've got some directions for you to help you be in this picture. People are like, oh, great. Because I like it's not a thing we know how to do. It's not natural to stand in front of a camera and actually look really good. Even people who are photogenic, it, that probably just means their face is symmetrical and they're not cross-eyed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, uh, but, but they still generally don't know how to be in a picture. We get, you know, we get these... 18 year old girls who stand in front of us for their senior pictures. And, and some of them know how to put their hand on their hip and, and uh, give a look, but 
we have so much more we can help them do. And we learn how to help them do it just by doing it more. And I, w- I, I would have paid four times what that booth cost me just to have the opportunity to do it more, even if I didn't get any business, because I can't, I can't buy that kind of practice. I can go to workshops and I can buy videos and they don't, they don't do anything for me until I apply those things that I learn. And I can't apply it unless I have people in front of me. The only thing you need to do is make more pictures. Exactly. And <laughs> actually, and the second thing, the second thing you need to do is be in more pictures so you can empathize with those poor people. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I tell students all the time, I'm like, look, don't use your family all the time to practice oh, right. portrait exactly. skills because they're going to hate you. <laughs> yeah. You've got a certain amount of photo credit with your family, especially your own kids. Yeah. And, and they're going to never tell your own it. kids to smile. Yeah. <laughs> now, when I, when I back when I did the children's portraits for Kmart, one of the reasons why I was so successful and I made I made a ridiculous amount of money doing it was because I'm a quirky and weird person. So I was the guy that could do the the little kids and always get a perfect natural smile out of them because I'd be doing a little puppet show. I could do cartoon yeah. character voices. I could do all of that stuff. So I made mad money doing that. But I spent a lot of time practicing my portrait skills. When I was in high school, I took photography classes. And then um, later, in my towards the tail end of my high school years, uh, my chemistry teacher, Mr. Borgeson, was a professional portrait and wedding photographer during the summer months when you know teachers were off. So right. I, I was a photography assistant for him for a while and then a second shooter for him. Yeah, that's invaluable experience. I mean, it's it's like all experience is good and you just need more of it. <laughs> Absolutely. And like you said, um, and going to a local event and setting up and just doing free portraits is the best way. Cause you're getting tons of practice and you're getting the networking. You're getting your name out there. Yeah. And, and you can, you can do better, even, even better than that. I did picture, I did uh, free portraits at the humane society ball which was held at a, at a hoity-toity country club. <laughs> people, people who go to the hoity-toity country club are, are the people you want for your clients. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you want, you want people who like to pay for things. And so um, do it there. And now, now you're not doing it for free. You're doing it as a donation to the Humane Society. Um, and, but, but don't start there. Start at the farmer's market and, and get yourself invited to, to work at the country club for for the humane society, because, because now you're, you're providing something of value and everybody there is, is, is helping make this valuable thing happen. Um, and so look for the opportunities where you can cooperate with other people and other, other organizations and make something good happen. And when you're doing that, you're going to find good clients and, and people who you like to work with. Um, but, but don't go into it. If like, if you go into it thinking, what am I going to get out of this? You're not going to be the person that people want to work with. You need, you need to, when you're doing a charitable thing, do a charitable thing and be a charitable person. Exactly. And you will be the kind of people, the kind of person that people like to work with. When, when you go in thinking, how can, how can I make this good for me? it's not going to be good for you. <laughs> exactly. The big goal with that is you want to go in there and, you know, with the mentality of what can I do to make this awesome for this organization? Exactly. Like 
if you're if you're there to help somebody, help somebody. If you're there to serve, serve, and just just do do the thing wholeheartedly, and um, and it it might come back to you, and it might not, but it's good enough. Like my my saying is that what's good for you is good for you, and that's enough for me. <laughs> it doesn't have to be good for me. Yep. It doesn't have to come around to me. Things come around, and good things will happen to you. And they don't have to be directly related. And I'm not grouchy if they weren't. And I'll do it again. Like I'll, I'll, I'll absolutely spend, spend my, my effort to help somebody else have something good happen again, even though it hasn't done anything good for me. And, and I, I know that when you work that way, things are better for you. Exactly. And I did that when I lived in Atlanta. I uh, ended up getting involved with an organization called Aware Wildlife. And mm-hmm. they're a nonprofit, and what they do is they take injured wild animals, they rehabilitate them, they have veterinary surgeons on staff and all of that. And as a matter of fact, uh, when I was working, I, I did this for three years, I was not only a volunteer photographer for them, but I was also their webmaster. Um, and they actually had a Canadian goose brought in one time that some jerk shot with a bow and arrow, and the arrow was stuck in the goose's neck. The goose was still alive. The goose was running around for like a year like this. And uh, <laughs> they were finally able to, to capture it, get it down to their facility. Uh, a veterinary surgeon was able to safely remove the arrow and they were able to bring, you know, save the duck, bring the duck back, get the arrow out of its neck, and then eventually release it back into the wild. And when I was there, I didn't care about me. And I honestly probably didn't get any photography jobs or business from my time there, but I didn't care. Uh, I love animals. I've done wildlife photography. I've shot for National Geographic a little bit here and there, and I just love animals. So that was all I cared about was making great images for this nonprofit that they could put on their website, their social media, in their brochures and all of that stuff. And that's all that mattered to me. That's cool. Yeah, that that's a that, that's a good. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I, that's what I tell students all the time. And it was great that you and Skip both talk about this because, you know, sometimes they think I'm a little bit crazy when I tell them, "Look, volunteer your time in your community." Uh, and like Skip said, it doesn't matter if there's no opportunity. Maybe your town's too small and you don't have an opportunity to volunteer your photography skills. We'll go to a Friday night high school football game and volunteer to fill ketchup and mustard bottles for the booster club. Exactly. Yeah. If, if you want to wear your name tag that says, you know, Levi Sim Photography, which I do, <laughs> while you're filling the ketchup bottles, that's great. But just being out there and doing it. I joined the Rotary Club when I, when I moved to Oregon. I moved cold turkey, no contacts. in one. I knew one person in the entire state. And I moved to Portland, Oregon and started my business totally fresh. It was a wild adventure, and, uh, and 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 the best thing I did was join the Chamber of Commerce and the Rotary Club. And at the Chamber of Commerce, we had a meeting each week, which was just a networking meeting, and we'd just get together at somebody's business. They'd tell us what they do, and then we'd all just sit there and, and chat. There was there was no agenda, um, and after and so my my role there was to be the friendly, helpful guy, and I would help clean up afterward. And I'd talk to people and I'd say, Oh, you're a realtor. Hey, there, there's a, there's a mortgage officer over here. Who's a really good guy. You ought to meet him. And here's another realtor you ought to meet. And I just connect these people. And after about six months, I started getting a lot of business with this group. And 
and uh, you know, Renato would say, oh, you got to meet Levi. He's the best photographer in town. She's never seen my photos. She's never seen one picture from me, <laughs> but she's referring me as, as the best photographer in town just because she likes working with me and she knows that, that I'm like somebody, I, I guess, worth working with. Um, and yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be photo related at all. You just need to know people and make more pictures. Exactly. This is good. We're building, like we're building this, this plan nicely here, Liam. I like it. Yep. Make more pictures, no more people. What's our, what's our next thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, those are, to me, those are the two biggest things, especially if you want to be a they really photographer. Are. And um, you talked about um, starting out in someplace like a farmer's market with just a, one of the pop-up tents. And those are fairly inexpensive. But I've also heard you talk about using other things that you can find in your surrounding as a diffuser to get soft light to do portraits pretty much anywhere. Um, so if you Absolutely. want to talk about that a little bit, because you're great at that, uh, that would be awesome. Sure. Sure. And like, I've got, I've got a bunch of videos on LinkedIn learning that, that go through these things as well. So if you want vis visible visual examples, check out, check out my classes on LinkedIn learning. Um, but like, I'm always looking for a big soft light, but I hate cloudy days. Yeah, I can understand <laughs> I don't, that. I don't like cloudy days because the, the direction of light is terrible. It's just it's straight overhead. We still get raccoon eyes and we end up using those presets in Lightroom to make our pictures look like everybody else's on a cloudy day. Yeah. <laughs> I said the P word. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm not a big fan of, of making my pictures look like everybody else's because like, like Skip Cohen has taught me, I can charge a lot more for my differences than I can for the things that make me the same as everybody else. Exactly. And, and, and before I forget to say it, I'm not, I'm not the best photographer. I'm not the best portraitist. I'm just a guy people like to work with. And, and that's what, that's what sets me apart. I'm not selling photographs. I'm selling service and I'm selling a good time. And, um, everybody makes good pictures. Like everybody makes a good enough picture, but when you're somebody that, that people like to work with, they hire you again and they, they refer their friends to you. And that's what makes business. Um, not making good pictures. So, I mean, you should, you should definitely strive to make your best pictures. It'll make you a happy artist and keep you from feeling like you hate photography because you did it full time. Like we, we both know lots of people who have, who have somehow burnt out on being a photographer and don't do it anymore because they, they did it as a business and it ruined it for them. I, I can't, I can't figure that out. I, I do a business and sometimes I even get to make photography. I mean, that's, that's really what it, what ends up happening is that we run a business and sometimes we get the treat of making pictures with people Yeah, um, because it's, you know, if, if you're doing 80, 20 and 20% making pictures, man, you're doing good. Cause I'm probably more like 95, five working, <laughs> <laughs> working on my business and 5% making pictures. Exactly. <laughs> what it really feels like. Yep. And I tell people that all the time. I'm like, listen, it's not all about shooting constantly. You got to concentrate right. more on the business, more on the networking, more on getting known in your community as a fantastic person that everybody can count on. And then you will get the business and it's going to be more networking, more social interaction with your community than it's ever going to be pushing the shutter button. That's right. Oh, so back to tips. Yep. Oh, yeah. 
Go ahead. Okay, shooting tips. Um, I'm looking for three things to help me make, to help me find a good spot to to make a portrait to to have good light. I'm looking for a porch. I'm looking for a garage. I'm looking for an alley, and a porch is just an overhead cover. Like when when you when you go talk to somebody and they're standing on a on a porch with a deep overhead cover. It's awesome because you've got directional light that's soft because now the world outside the porch is reflecting light into the porch. And it's it's big. The world is big, it turns out. And so it's reflecting a large light into the porch. And you might even have a white minivan over there on the street that's giving you a, a special little sparkle. Um, but but the leaves, the 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 sidewalk, everything is is making a large light and it's easy to make just about everybody look good with a big soft light. And in, and it's directional. It's coming from out there to in here. So I can turn somebody sideways to out there and now I've got light coming across their face and I can have I can have shadows and bright side and that makes drama and a good picture. Um, I mean we could, we could stand on any porch in America. <laughs> big big enough to cover my person and um, and put up a a piece of, of a black sheet or a, or anything right behind them and, and remove the distractions of, of what's now behind them on this porch, uh, which might be a wall, which might be the street continuing down. And so now we've got an easy, solid background and we've got directional light and I can make million dollar portraits all day. I've never been paid a million dollars. Let's call them thousand dollar portraits all day long, right there on that porch. Yep. And and, and you don't even need that backdrop. The, the backdrop just eliminates the other shiny minivan on this corner that's now got a sparkly highlight in the background. Um, and you can do this with a, with a kit lens, the, the 55 to 200 that comes with your Costco DSLR kit and get excellent results. It doesn't cost money. You just need to find this kind of a porch. Now, a porch could also be my... $23 reflector held over the top of somebody's head. Maybe I prop one half of it. This is why you got to get the oval. Those, those 43 inch circular reflectors aren't big enough. They're, they're useless because somebody has to hold part of it and now they're blocking it. And you just need the bigger ones. Get the 60 inch oval shaped five in one reflector. Yeah. That and, way you, uh, can, you can hold one end or, or somebody exactly. else can hold one end and, and hold the rest of it right. over top of your subject. Yeah. Like I, I can prop it on, this guy's belt buckle and hold it, hold the other end myself. And I'm, I'm now, you know, five feet away from him and I'm not sticking my camera right in his face, but I'm, I'm influencing the kind of light that's there. I can prop one end on a tree branch and stand him in the shade. I can uh, pull the, the cover off and use the diffuser side, the, the, the solid, the, the diffuser in the center that's translucent and turns the tiny sunshine into a big light. And I could prop that up against a, a tree trunk or a stop sign or a five-year-old's head, whatever, whatever is handy, and change the direction of light using that. And so I can use that to create my porch by blocking the light overhead. Or because it's a, a diffuser, I can use it to redirect the, the direction of the light. If the light, if it's you know two o'clock and the light is just barely off center up there using this diffuser overhead and tilting it, I've now, I've now changed the angle of the light. So it's not right overhead. It's now coming in from a 45 degree angle. 
Um, and that's, that's a lot of power. And like I say, it's under 50 bucks to get a good diffuser. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking, I'm looking for porches. I'm looking for garages. A garage is a porch with walls so that now the light is only coming from one direction inward. And when my subject stands just at the edge of that, of that sunlight shining in at at 12 o'clock in the afternoon or two o'clock or whatever, um, when they stand just at the edge of the sunlight, the lights reflecting up off the, off the ground outside and, and the world is shining in. And I bet you the difference in the right exposure on their face and the exposure behind them in the shadows is so much that their face will stand out as well lit and the, the background will be black. It'll just be dark and bam, instant great portrait. I can shoot it from an angle. I can shoot it straight on and I've got twinkly catch lights in their eyeballs and I've got big soft light on their face. Absolutely. Pretty easy to work with. Yep. And then an alley is just like, it's two buildings with, with space overhead. And now, unless it's right at noon, the, the sun is almost never shining directly into that alley. It's shining on the building on one side or the other. And so I've, I've blocked the light. I've, I've got light, but not direct light from overhead. And now this building is shining is now a giant reflector reflecting light back onto my subject and I can shoot sideways. I can shoot straight on and I can manipulate that in all kinds of different directions. And it's, it's free. All it, all it takes is a cheap lens from Costco or Craigslist. (laughs) Exactly. And I tell students that all the time. I actually did an episode on how to get uh, camera gear uh, on a budget or inexpensively. And I talked about going to Costco or Craigslist or eBay. And believe it or not, I've had a lot of great luck, especially when I lived in the Atlanta area, going to the local pawn shops, because a lot of times, oh, yeah. a lot of times the people there know nothing about photography equipment, what it's worth. I went in one time to a local pawn shop. This is no lie. This is several years back. And I found the Canon EF 70 to 300, the ISUSM gold band lens. And it was brand new. It didn't have the original box, but it had the front and rear lens caps. And I think it had a carry bag that came with it or something like that. A little pouch bag. I bought that lens for $300. And at the time it was a thousand bucks anywhere else. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, that lens I made a living for a year and a half using only that lens, that version on Nikon, but the 70 to 300, man, it is a great choice for portraits. Exactly. Because you've got all of your most popular portrait focal lengths in there. You got 85 millimeters, you got 105 and you got 135 all in one lens. So you're not, yeah. you're not spending a ton of money. And it's, it's not a, it's not an F 2.8 lens. You don't need F 2.8 lenses. Exactly. Zooming tele telephoto trumps aperture exactly. when you're making when you're going for bokeh. Yep. You know, when you're when you're going for an out of focus background, forget about that that 51 2. That thing is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> unless you get the millimeter new, unless you get the new RF version. That one's fantastic. <laughs> no, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is for a 50 millimeter lens. You know, they call those a normal lens, right? Yep, exactly. It's not because it's the way you normally see the world. It's because it's the lens that normally ships with a camera. So it's what everybody normally has, which makes your stuff look like everybody else's. And you can charge a lot more for the things that make you different. Exactly. Forget about that 50 millimeter lens. Get an 85, get the 70 to 300. It's cheap. And 
you don't need you, you need you need a one two on a fifty because it's so wide it's expanding the depth of field. You need five six on a three hundred because it's compressing that depth of field and giving you that awesome bouquet in the background. Absolutely, and I I and, might have a hobby horse about that. Exactly, and when I <laughs> even when I was doing portrait photography in the Atlanta area, that was my go to lens was the Canon. EF 85 millimeter 1.8, the gold band lens, because it wasn't. Yeah, it's like a $200 lens. Well, it was like 329 new. I think I got mine for 200 on Craigslist. It was in mint condition. Exactly. But I had so many people ask me, they're like, well, why didn't you get the the 85 1.2 L lens? And I'm like, because if you read up on it, the 85 (laughs) is garbage. It's autofocus yeah. is slow, it's clunky, and it costs a fortune, and it weighs a ton. And it's $1,000 more. Yeah, I've got a 1,000 reasons why I didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I tell students Absolutely. all the time, I'm like, look, don't worry about getting all F2.8 and wider glass. We're a go out and, no. you know, if you got a, a, no matter what body you're shooting, 70 to 200 is one of the most popular focal length lenses in the world. If you're going to get one, just get the F4 model. You don't need the 2.8. It's going to cost yeah. you twice the money, and it's three times heavier to lug around. So on. heavy. Holy cow. Yeah. Absolutely. And with modern cameras, especially now that we've gone to mirrorless, you don't have to worry about the fact that it's an F4. The camera's ISO range is going to compensate without introducing a ton of noise. That's just the nature of the beast. Cameras are doing so good right now. It's just crazy. The the worst thing you can do as a a new photographer is buy a bunch of gear, brand new. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you've got that education discount. Don't use it. Use the Craigslist discount. Buy it used. Like, so you, you buy a seven, like I've done this so many times, I would say, at least 40 times I've bought a lens on the classifieds uh, and, and I buy it. It's already a reduced price. You know, it's, it's a, it's a $1,200 lens and I'm getting it for 600 bucks. I use it for a month, for six months, for a year. And then I sell it for 600 bucks. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> because it's already depreciated. It's maximum. It's not, it's not getting worse. And I've gotten a lot of use out of it. But it's like I take care of it. It's still in great condition, and it's still worth six hundred bucks. Yep, all day long. Don't buy the twelve hundred dollar lens because as soon as you buy it, it's worth six hundred bucks. Exactly, <laughs> and I tell kids that students that all the time because you know that's their biggest concern. They're a student; they don't have a ton of money yeah. unless they're mommy and daddies or you know trust fund kids or something like that. Yep. That you know they don't have the money, and I tell them I'm like Craigslist, but be careful, especially female students. Make sure you but go meet test them. it. Yeah, make sure, yeah, well, meet not only Target. test it, but make sure you meet them someplace right. safe. Um, yeah, meet them, meet them at Target right by the front door. There's cameras in the parking lot. Um, bring your camera and test it out. Shoot it far, shoot it close. Um, put it on manual, shake it around, smell it like Fronos does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> give it the sniff test. <laughs> yeah, give it, give it, give it all the tests, and then. Um, and then, you know, buy it. I, I've had one bad experience. I bought I bought the most expensive 70 to 200, the brand new model, and the, the guy sold it to me. And then shortly thereafter, the autofocus had problems. But I paid to repair it, and I still hadn't paid nearly as much as um, as the new version. And so it's, it's absolutely worth not getting into big debt. Also, 
it, but but they they try like they they make it sound so attractive you know we're a canon school we've got all these tools and and canon gives us a great deal it's not as good a deal yeah exactly <laughs> and and then and you know the the ambassadors are all using these hot new things and and using this stuff their job is to sell you stuff yep that's don't let them do, do that job <laughs> <laughs> yep, I tell I tell the students that all the time. I'm like, you don't need the newest stuff that just came out. Don't listen to the salespeople. You absolutely even, don't. Even even when you and especially when you go to someplace like Best Buy, I'm like, for God's sakes, don't listen to the people no, there. Man. Those they're, guys don't know anything. They're not camera experts. They're just trying to sell a camera I, to you and get a yeah. commission. I know the guys who train those people. They're really good photographers and they're really good teachers. And they're really frustrated by how bad those learners are. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And I I am so terrible. Years ago, I I spent a couple of years working in a radio shack back when they were still around in the Capital City Mall in Harrisburg. And even before I worked for Radio Shack, I've always been the kind of person that when I go into a store like that or Circuit City when they were around or Best Buy, I spend half my time there acting like I'm an employee and answering customers' questions (laughs) because most of the kids that work there don't know what the heck they're talking about. Right, right. I get that a lot. Yeah, it Um, just makes me want to bang my head against a wall. (laughs) Um, I've got some more tips for you. Absolutely. Keep going. Okay. Okay. when, so, so we've done, we've got, we've found a porch, we found a garage, we found an alley and we've got this good light. Slow down. We, we don't need 40 copies of the same picture. Slow it down, make one, see what needs to be better. Change it, make it, change it and make it. But if you're not changing anything, don't make it again. And, and, and all these, all these ideas of, of finding big, soft directional light the idea for me is to, to help me learn how to use, um, strobes. And I'm not going to say artificial light because there's, there's not like, there's no factory in China turning out cans of artificial light. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's, there's light and, and there's, and there's, there's how you use it. And that's, that's the only difference between natural light and, and flashlight is how we use it. And when you, when you make your flashlight look like one of these big soft lights, you're going to get the same results as you did using your, your quote, natural light. Um, natural light photographers largely are those who don't know how to do something else. You should be both. You should be able to use natural light and you should be able to use reflectors and cans of light from China. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it, it's just going to make you, an able photographer. Not only do I like working with that guy, but he can give me everything I need. And that's great. And, and right now people buying their 51 twos are not the people learning how to use strobes and you need to learn how to use strobes. And here's the, here's the, the secret to using strobes is slow down some more. Um, so often I'm working with a student and I turn on the light and, and, put it on a stand and they've got the, the controller for the light and they're just clicking away and they, they take five pictures and then look at it. You haven't made any adjustments to your light yet. You need to, you need to get everything set before you start wasting that, that person. Before your lights are even at the right brightness, you're, you're wasting it. And so 
I, I tell people, you know, look at my toes, look at the bottom of my tripod. Don't even, don't even look at the camera yet. I'm still, I'm still pressing buttons on my box. Let me fix this. And then we'll start making pictures together. Absolutely. Um, and so slow down and, and make an intentional picture with people and make them slow down. I, I shoot headshots for the whole university here about every six weeks. And I've got like 90 people signed up to come in in a day. And I've got fewer than five minutes with each of them. And um, some people are like, get in and get done and get out of here. But if they actually just let me talk with them and, and give them some directions and, and help them make the best picture, it takes less time. And, and so slowing it down and giving a, a quality experience makes all the difference. And this, this is where, like, I, I was thinking maybe you should be the 12-year-old photographer expert. Like, you should photograph all the 12-year-olds, and you should do it for free. And you should do it so, like, you should become so good at doing that. And then you've got a whole stack of 12-year-olds of who are going to be 16-year-olds soon, who are going to be 18-year-olds soon, who, who you can work with and and learn how to make good pictures with these kids who are happy to be like, they're excited about it. They, they like doing it and you're, you're not going to run out of, of um, pictures with them. And, and they've got an older brother who's a senior. So you can, you can get paid to photograph his stuff and, and you get all this great experience with this group of kids who are perhaps just the right kind. I don't know. Maybe twelve year olds isn't a good idea. It depends on who you are, where you are. Yeah, no, I think it's <laughs> and a who good you idea. Know. <laughs> um, don't don't walk up to twelve year olds in the store and offer to take their pictures. Bad idea. Yeah, yeah. No, you want to do it the smart way. You <laughs> want to don't like... be a creepy old man. Yeah, you which want... I am quickly becoming an old man. I need to be very aware. <laughs> no, you want to you want to photograph the twelve year olds, and the way you want to get into it is volunteering your time at like the school or something like that. You know, during Pee Wee foot or something like that or jv exactly football. that's exactly. how you do it's, it like like levi said don't go yeah, to the park and don't the, go to the grocery store <laughs> right <laughs> it's the it's the kids i know who i know their parents at church i know i know their parents through through the soccer team with my kids um that that kind of relation <laughs> you know make make relationships and then and then do something good for everybody you know when you make pictures of these kids or whomever you, you get to, to come be in your pictures, share pictures with them. Absolutely. You don't need to share all the pictures maybe, but be generous and, and make something good for everybody. And that is the key. And that's how you're going to get more business. That's how you're going to get more interactions with everybody. And that's how you're going to get known in your community. Uh, church is a great idea. I would recommend that as well because you know, depending on the size of your church, you could have anywhere from, you know, 10 or 15, 12 year olds to 30 or 40. And you already know their parents from church. So you're already right. Shoot, already the, shoot the directory at church. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Set, set your camera up in the foyer, set your camera up in the foyer and, and make pictures for everybody at church. It doesn't have to like, it doesn't need to be great. It just needs to be available. <laughs> and, and if you do a decent job of it, all the better. But just uh, re remember when you do these things that they're doing you a favor as well. And so when you, when you set up at the farmer's market, you know, don't, don't take more time without consulting with them. Um, 
yeah. you know, show them a picture and be like, that was a good one. If you've got a couple more minutes, I think we could do this and this, and it would also be great. Do you want to stay? Absolutely. Leave it up to them. You don't want to be tying somebody up for 30 minutes, you know, that you pulled in at the farmer's yeah. market. Right. All right. So any other? And when, when you work with people, let them know what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is a big, this is a, this is a good tip for you. Yep. Let, let people know what's happening right now. Welcome. We're going to make a headshot. Um, I've got some things to set up here. I'd like to, I'm, I'm going to move this light up and down. I'm going to look at like, let me, let me study your face. If you don't know which, which side you think is your good side, let me study your face. I've got some, some techniques I know to help me figure out which side should be facing the camera. And I've also got some ideas to help you to, to help you pose in front of the camera, you know, and everybody says, Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. Give me directions, all the directions, give them to me. Um, and then, and then I go over to the camera and I say, I'm getting the camera ready. Don't, don't even look at me yet. I'm not, I'm not making a serious picture. This is a practice picture and I'm testing the light and, and making sure that I've got the person in the right spot and that I haven't messed up on which side of their face is the good one. <laughs> and, and when in doubt, shoot both. And, uh, and, and just communicating with people is going to save your business. We've made pictures today. I need, excuse me, I need about a week to get these finished up for you. And then I'm going to have you over and we're going to pick your favorites and do something with them. Or I'm going to send you a link to the gallery at that time when you can download them and, and do things yourself. Or I'd, I'd love to help you make prints for your home and uh, and go through the favorites with you and and help you, you know, get get what you need from our session. I want I want you to be very happy with what we've done. And and beforehand, here's what's going to happen. We're going to get together. I'm going to make pictures. I'm going to take some time to finish them for you. It's going to cost this much money, and you're going to get this out of it. You're going to get these files, or you're going to come by and buy prints. Whatever you decide your method is this is what you're going to get out of it. Do you have any questions? Let's be very clear up front. Never, never start a shoot without having talked about the money exactly. because no one's going to be like, no one's going to be happy at the end. Either, either they're going to be sad and you're going to do whatever it takes to make them happy, which means not getting paid what you know you're worth. <laughs> uh, this is why commercial work is great, man. You just send bills and people send money to you. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> There's no crying about how good the pictures are, but I can't afford them. <laughs> but at the same time, if, if I had to choose one thing to photograph for the rest of my life, it would be kids. They're, they're, it is so much fun to do family photography as long as you communicate the process with people and, and make sure all the expectations are known. And it's like, that's what people want to know. They just need to know what it's going to cost and what the process is going to be. And if, if I can't afford you, that's okay. <laughs> like, that's it. I'm, I'd love to work with you another time, or maybe it's somebody I really lo would love to work with. Maybe I can work out a deal with them where, um, I'd love to photograph your kids because you've got that adorable 12 year old I've been looking for. And I need to practice with that person. And I would consider it an even trade to let me make some pictures with you guys for one hour and I'm going to finish them. And I'm going to give you, I'm not going to give you 10 pictures. I'm not going to give you six pictures. I'm going to give you the good pictures. And I, I don't have a number for you. And it's going to take me a week to do that. And I would consider that an even trade for my services. How, how's that? For, how's that for you? Um, 
And that's a way that I provide my service to people I like who can't afford my service. (laughs) I don't know if it's the best way, but it lets me do the thing I love to do for people I love. Yep. And and that's better than getting the money. It's a great way to approach it. Yep. You know? And see, that's the thing. All of the that, great... that's that's where I still get to love being a photographer, even though I run a business. Exactly. And your your approach to doing it, and that's what I try to make students understand all the time. That's the correct way to do it. You have to talk to them through the process, explain to them step by step what you're doing. You don't talk down to them and treat them like they're stupid. They don't know anything about photography. And like you said, most of us aren't comfortable having our pictures taken. It's not natural. It's right. weird. It's bizarre. So talk to them in the, the tone of voice that you were just using now. That's how you explain the process to them. And you're going to make them so much more comfortable. I had moms that would bring in, you know, their newborns or, you know, maybe it was a six month or a 12 month old or even an 18 month old. And the moms were a little skittish, you know, because it's their first baby. You know, this is the first one they've ever had. They're a little bit worried about the process. You know, you hear all these terrible stories about child predators out there. And even though you're in a Kmart, once in a while we get those moms (laughs) that are really nervous. And you're like, you know what? You didn't bring in the coupon. But just so you know, this week, Kmart's let you have one shot of your kid for absolutely free. You, you let me set your kid down here. I'll do a little puppet show for him. I'll take a picture. That one's totally gratis. If you want to buy a package after the fact, that's fantastic. And to be honest, and all the time I did that and I approached it that way and explained everything to the mom and to the kids, depending on how old they were, I can honestly tell you out of all the, the kids I shot at Kmart, I maybe had 1% of the moms that didn't buy a a ridiculous package after the fact because they had a great experience. They had a photographer that talked to them every step of the way. The kids loved me because I gave them a little puppet show or silly voices. And when the, when the proofs came back, the moms were just like blown away and they're like, Oh my God, yes, I got to have everything. But I didn't approach it from a money standpoint. I was like, Hey, you're here to get the free portrait. That's what we're going to do. Right. Yeah. You you provide what they expect and tell them what else they can have. (laughs) Exactly. So let's talk a little bit now that we've gotten your tips on that, which are fantastic. And I know. Are you losing me? uh, No, I'm still here. Can you hear me? Okay. I'm. Is, uh, is the audio getting a little flaky on you? Yeah, it's it's getting a little flaky. Do you want to pause and refresh? Yeah. Hold on a second. Perfect. I was getting a lot of cutouts. Yeah. Yep. No problem. And it's so weird. I've never had problems with the internet while I've been doing a podcast before. This is so strange. Uh, But you gave us so many great tips about networking, getting out there, doing for your community. And that's how you can, you can get your portrait photography business going. All right, Levi. So you've given us lots of fantastic tips on getting out there, getting known in your community, spending time with your community. That's where you're going to make your business grow and be successful. And I know you have to go shortly here. I wanted to talk to you just briefly about your Steve Jobs portrait project, because I oh, think yeah. that's a fantastic thing. Yeah, this is, this is, this is one of my favorite things. And it, it kind of evolved from doing those, those portraits at the farmer's market and, and at the garden show and, and in various things like that. Um, the day Steve Jobs passed away, which was, Oh man, I think it was just 10 years ago 
this year. Holy cow. It was 10 years ago last month. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing this for 10 years. The day he passed away, the the landing page of, of Apple.com and on billboards and all over the place was that iconic picture of Steve Jobs. That was the cover of, of the biography and, and the Times Magazine and things. Time Magazine with his with his stare and it's black and white, single, looks like a single light on him. His, his, uh, he's kind of kind of stroking his chin and uh, and looking right at us. Um, and so that that picture was everywhere. And so that day, my assistant and I went into the studio and we we messed around and figured out how that picture was made. Um, and then then I invited people to come make a, a Steve Jobs like portrait. And I, li I lived in a little town in northern Utah and 100 people showed up. Some people didn't know who Steve Jobs was, but they're like free portrait, sure. Wow. And so they they came and and we made a hundred of those pictures. And then um, and then I was at at another gathering somewhere, and I thought, hey, why not do that again? That was fun. And so I, I just keep doing it. And now I've done it with more than two thousand people, and and I lo I love to do it. it. It's a great way to break the ice, and it's a great way to provide like a a team picture as well, like everybody can have the same picture at a, at a corporation or, or like at that humane society thing, I could do it there and give everybody the same kind of, ex like a, it's like a, a together experience they do individually, you know, um, people who've done it with me talk to other people who've, who've had their Steve Jobs portrait made and, and they have this, this instant camaraderie because it's a, a shared experience. And it, it's always a good photograph because people are acting and they're not, they're not trying to make the. They're not trying to make themselves look great. They're yeah, trying exactly. to do the instructions I give them, and uh, and then and so they, they make this this stern looking Steve Jobs portrait, and then invariably they break up laughing afterward, and that's a great picture too. Um, and it's very simple. It's it's one light shining on their face with the with a beauty dish or a soft box, and then uh, and a white backdrop as as much as possible. I've I've made the mistake of not. Quite quite having a white backdrop sometimes and spending hours photoshopping the backdrops to be white. Um, although with the, with the tools today in Photoshop and the subject selection and things, it's, it's much easier to, to fix that kind of problem. And I've got, um, like I've got, I've got an article on, on Scott Kelby about it and on photo focus. And, uh, and so you can, you can look and see exactly what it looks like, or you can look at hashtag Steve jobs portrait project on, on Instagram and see some more examples, but it is a, it is a ton of fun and anybody can do it. It's not my, it's not my project. I didn't make this, this picture, uh, um, initially. And so I don't, I don't feel jealous when somebody else makes a Steve jobs portrait either. And, and it's very good for everybody when you do it, because it's an easy one to break the ice with people and get them to do a thing and get them to stop and experience a photograph with you experience a portrait. Um, and so I, I welcome anyone else to do Steve jobs portraits. And I've, like I say, I've got tutorials out there about how to do it and um, please, please start doing it, man. Since, since the pandemic, I haven't done any and I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the loss. I think, I think at this next uh, headshot se session I do for the school here, I'll probably set up, two lights and do, <laughs> do a, a Steve Jobs as well as, as a standard headshot for folks, just for the fun of it. 
Oh yeah, that would be totally just for, awesome. And and I'm known for it. Like it's fun to be known for something. Yeah. But it's also it's it's been the biggest boon because now I have directed two thousand people to do exactly what I need to do to get them to look this way in a picture. And that has taught me so much about about working with people and about light and about my camera and everything. And just doing this thing that has that's exactly the same with infinite variables every time is is really powerful for for making my photography better. Absolutely. And like you were saying earlier, you know, uh, with all the stuff that you do in your community, the way you give time to your community, that's not even photography related. You're going to get the word of mouth business. You're going to have people in the area that are saying, Hey man, go to this guy. He's the best photographer possible. Even if they've never actually had pictures done with you. It's just the way it works, especially when you network and build, um, what do I want to say? Uh, good feelings with your community with your neighborhood, with the people that you live in the same, you know, general vicinity with your neighbors and your local community. And, and I, I want to say too, probably the last thing I want to say, I've, I've gone on and on and I appreciate you. I appreciate you inviting me on. Liam. Oh, no problem. Um, but, but the last thing is like you and I, we could be carnival barkers, man. We could, we could sell popcorn at the, at the baseball game and, and have a fun time doing it. And that's not for everybody. I, I, I understand that. I understand that my personality is not you. And, but I, I, am, I am also a thousand percent sure that you don't need to be me to do these things. You, you can do them your way. You can be an extreme introvert and still help people have a good time and still make an experience with people one-on-one. You don't need to be the guy at the, at the, the guy or gal at the chamber of commerce standing up and telling jokes to the whole crowd. You could be the person who sticks around and puts away the chairs and has a quiet conversation with a couple of people one-on-one and, and build a great business that way. I am effulgent and effervescent and gregarious and all those things. You don't have to be, you absolutely don't have to be. And when, when you are you and you, you, do things, you develop your own processes, be sure that you develop them in the ways that play to your strengths. I have a strength for talking to strangers. I can, I can get over my fear of doing that very quickly. And I can, I can make that a, a powerful thing for me. You have your strengths. And if you don't know what those are, ask your mom <laughs> yeah, tell exactly. you. And, and, and ask, ask your, ask your close friends and, and say, what, what is it about me that you think helps me be a good photographer. I want, I want to play those things and I don't want to be false because I, I value the power of, of making a portrait for somebody. I, I shoot all kinds of pictures. I, I go to Moab about every other month, Moab, Utah, and I make pictures of Red Rock stuff and it doesn't matter. Like every single day, there are 400 better pictures than mine of Delicate Arch on Instagram and it doesn't matter. But in a hundred years, the worst portrait I make of any person is insanely valuable to their posterity, even though it's a bad picture and and making, making people pictures is such a pleasure and such an honor and, and such a responsibility that I'm excited for you. I'm excited for all of you to, to get into it and, and really like 
it, it can be joyful and it makes your life rich and you can enrich other people's lives with it. So exactly. I'm excited for you. Exactly. Well, like you said, you and I have similar personalities and it's easier for us. I can instantly, I can walk up to a stranger and talk to him like I've known him for 20 years. That's just the rapport right. I have with people. Um, and I had a student I was mentoring back home in my home state of Pennsylvania. Um, and she was, you know, she couldn't do that kind of stuff. She was more of an introvert. And I said, you know what, Karen, I said, one of the easiest ways you could do it, what's something else you like to do? And she's like, well, I, I love to bake. I love baking. I did baking with my mom and my grandmother when I was growing up. It's one of my passions. And I said, well, then try this instead of worrying about getting out there, you know, the way I do, why don't you bake some brownies or whatever cookies, whatever the case is, take them to a church bake sale and just do your bake sale thing. Wear a little name tag that says, you know, my name's Karen uh, Smith and I'm a photographer, uh, whatever the case may be. And she was like, wow, I'd never thought of that before. And she, I, she went and did that a couple of times, I guess. And she hit me up a few months later and she's like, wow, my portrait business now has taken off and I'm able to be less introverted than I was before. Yeah. Other, other people will help you. Absolutely. You like, I wear a name tag all the time everywhere and I'm walking through the airport and people are asking me where the bathroom is, but it's totally worth it because they're also striking up a conversation with me about photography. Exactly. Yep. That's absolutely it. I know you have to go. We're running out of time and I wanted to thank you again for being kind enough to be here and, and talk about all of this. Uh, I knew you were the perfect man to talk about these subjects and these tips. Uh, where can my listeners find you? If you want to share any websites, social media, go ahead and do so now and we can wrap up and I can get you out of here. Cause I know you got other stuff going on. No, oh, no, thank you. I, I appreciate it. it. Um, yeah. Find me on, on Instagram. Uh, I'd love to, I'd love to connect with, with folks there. And if I can help in any way, I'm happy to, I'd, I'd really like to, I, I was, I've been helped all along my journey. And like, you, you, you think in the future that, that you'll get to a thing and you'll have made it. <laughs> well, I got to that thing and realized that there was still a long way to go. And I appreciate everybody who's helped me. And if, if I can lend a hand, I'd be, I'd be honored to. So find me on Instagram. I'm at photo Levi. Um, you'll see also uh, USU photo video is where we post lots of our, 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 our current events and and portrait shoots that we do with with all kinds of things for marketing the university and uh th those are really the best places um to find me so and then i, I write i've got i think 300 portrait tip articles on photofocus.com so check that out and just search portrait tips and you will see a whole lot of articles going over all kinds of things to help you make pictures with people Absolutely. And we'll make sure we put all of this in the show notes so that my listeners can find you and find your articles, find your tutorials and all of that great stuff. That was one of the things Skip mentioned when he was on the show a couple of weeks ago. He's like, man, if you do an episode with Levi, you'll find out real quick. Levi is one of those guys that loves to help anybody and everybody. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you it, it's, a, it's a pleasure for sure. All right. Well, thank you, Levi, for your time. I really appreciate it. I, I hope I, I, we had a good time together. I think we had pretty good rapport going on. And uh, maybe you'd be interested in coming back again down the road. For sure. Anytime. All right. Well, thank you, sir. I'm going to go ahead and let you go now because I know you have other things to get to. Um, 
gotta go gotta go photograph uh, the student housing staff or something so. <laughs> all right well you go ahead and do that sir and i will wrap up this episode thank you again for your time thanks Liam. we'll catch you later bye-bye all right so that's gonna wrap up episode 205 of the liam photography podcast i want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing rating and reviewing an Apple podcast, radio.com, verbal, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. I also want to thank Levi Sim for coming on the show. He was a fantastic guest, and I hope his tips helped a lot of you students that are out there listening to the show because I know a good share of my audience is student photographers. So hopefully it'll help you out, help you uh, get out there, build up your business, build up your rapport first. And like Levi said, uh, if you don't know how to run a business, then get somebody that knows how to run a business. Get yourself an accountant, uh, you know, that handles small businesses and stuff like that. Make sure you do things the right way so you can be successful. That's the key. All right, that's going to wrap up this episode, and I will see you all again on Sunday. 